Welcome to the Todd Berry Podcast. Two of my good friends, Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero. Natasha Legero, Moshe Kasher, they're on. Um, they have a great podca- podcast called The Endless Honeymoon Podcast, which I've done before and it was really fun. And uh, yeah, I, uh, June 29th, I'm doing a uh, another Zoom crowd work show for the Nowhere Comedy Club. Either go to my website, toddberry.com, and click on shows, and it'll probably be the top one. And then, um, yeah, then it's a crowd work show over Zoom. It, we did it a few weeks ago, and it was really good. And it was, yeah, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. And tickets are moving fast, eventbrite.com. We'll be right back with Natasha Legero and Moshe Kasher. Where's your little cat? She is actually behind me. If, if um, oh, I see her. Yeah. You should get her in the frame. Oh, she's she'll take over though. Um, tech person, would you describe Todd as easy to work with? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. Whoa, that that blew up in your face. Yeah, that work out <laughs> well too. Um. All right. So that's your which how which how many living rooms do you have? That's. <laughs> We're living right now. Things are tough, so we downsized. We're in a two living room home right now. <laughs> That's a lot. To li- is one called like a great room, or is it a? Well, we have a. Um, we have a. I don't want to talk about this. In, I mean, in we public. we have a pool, so this is the room by the pool. We have a pool room. Okay, <laughs> so when the bourgeois, uh, when the working class rises up to slice the necks of, of the bourgeoisie. No, we have a pool room, but I grew up on welfare. We both grew up on welfare, and we both worked really hard to be able to have a house. But wow, I guess you, you know. You guys really got defensive over me asking how many living rooms you had. Well, what do you mean? What kind of question? I know. May, no, it wasn't as loaded. It may have come across as like a loaded. Oh, Mister Two Living Rooms, but I didn't mean it that way. Listen, I was just I was looking for an icebreaker. It's not opulence. <laughs> it's a screening room, and we both work in the entertainment <laughs> so we have to have that. You, that you makes know? that makes you more relatable that you have a screening room. Yeah, yeah, right. I thought people people would probably like that. <laughs> what um, what what we're going into phase two in New York of reopening on Monday. Oh, I thought you meant you're going into phase two of the podcast. <laughs> no, Wait, no, no. Tell me what phase one was. Was that restaurants or no? Because phase one was like. Uh, it was a lot of stuff that didn't really affect me directly, which so it's not important. But it's like I think certain construction could open, but oh, now so now you have like restaurants. Oh yeah, and also stores could do curbside. But now on Monday, you can go into Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm. We're moving actually into Phase Three, which is where you can dry cough on a friend. <laughs> Are you guys good about the masks? Yeah, I'm better than Natasha for sure. If Moshe and I are walking down the street alone and there's no one there and I can't see anyone there outside, I usually will take off my mask. And then as soon as I see someone far away, I put it on. But and I know that's probably bad, but I'm with the kid and I just can't like handle it all. Also, Natasha refuses to wear masks that are not aesthetically pleasing to her. 
I actually, <laughs> where do you get your masks, Natasha? And let me just say too, I don't want to say, I, I, it's just been challenging with the child and everything I have to like also have the mask on when there's no one within any vicinity outside. So she wants you to know she's definitely, she's a mom and that's really her, <laughs> sort of her primary reason. I'm trying to get out of being, getting in trouble for not wearing it if I don't see, I'm just being extremely honest if I don't I think, see anyone in the Yeah, vicinity, I, I, I think if you're on an empty street, if you're on an empty street, exactly. I don't think that's a big deal. California just changed the law. It is now mandatory statewide to wear a mask when you go outside for everyone. I like so that. Even on an empty street. It's the law. And Moshe always has his on. I love, and there'll be no one there. I love the law. What you can, can I see say? all the way down the hill and he still won't take it like even down a little bit. I so. love the law. I love law enforcement. <laughs> it's a, not you, a good time for me. Have you, if you're at the grocery store and you see someone not wearing it or wearing it below their nose, will you say something? I would never comment on someone else. No, never. But no. we're also like not what, going to the grocery store. What about you? I've uh, <clears throat> I'm too scared scared of the of the uh, the uh, confrontation. But there are times I've glared at people. Yeah, telling someone to put a mask on is a very easy way to get a stranger to cough on you. Right. <laughs> but also, it's also how do you glare like if it's through the mask. Like how can people even see? You yeah, know? it's not. It's not. It, it's not the most effective glaring that i've done probably but <laughs> they um but I, I think it's weirder to like people who are like put it on but wear it below their nose like you know you're not wearing a mask if you're wearing it below your nose i don't know if they know that really better to have your ma your mouth covered at least i mean it might be better than nothing but if you're walking around the grocery store or whatever but at the same time i stopped washing my cl my food do you still wash your food no, we're not washing our food. Dude, do you know that in Brazil, the masks they wear, actually, they tuck into the corners <laughs> no. of the mouth. Like, a, like how they wear bikinis. It's a, they do a very similar thing. It's a, it's a thong mask. I yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we That's don't wash our food anymore. We've. I, I feel like we've... Well, I, I read articles that said that it wasn't transmitted on packages and surfaces right. as much as we thought it was. So I sort of gave up on the holding phase of all the packages. Like I was holding them for three days. Yeah, I calmed down a little bit about that shit too. It was it was so stressful coming home with the groceries. You're like, I'm sitting there, uh, how many wipes do I use to before I have to change it? It's fucking. And she was, Natasha was washing our vegetables with a bleach solution. Like, <laughs> how, how is that better than COVID? It feels like. <laughs> Well, that's like scary because all these kids are going back to school now. And I talked to the preschool teachers and they're like, yeah, we're wiping everything down. I was like, with what? And they're like, um, well, it used to be, you know, more safe stuff. But now it's just full bleach. Like everyone's just like bleaching everything like that can't long term be good. Yeah. Uh, you know that in Brazil, they're actually starting to bleach their own buttholes. Did you know that? Most <laughs> is up on what's happening in Brazil. Are you doing that thing where you take one? one topic and just hit it at every angle. Oh, well, you know, I had started to do that thing and kind of call that out. So it'll be a little more obvious if I do it next time. Actually, speaking of Brazil, I, I can say that what is happening in Brazil is they've had multiple health ministers uh, resign from the government because uh, the guy running Brazil, Bolsonaro or whatever. Yeah, he thinks it's a big joke. Right. So he doesn't he, believe in. He doesn't. He's like a kind of Trump figure and doesn't really want to take to take it on seriously. So he's they've had a series of health ministers quit on them. 
And we had that in Orange County. Or, or, Orange County is our Brazil. I've seen, uh, I saw a video of like a, a town hall meeting in, in Orange County where people are just, I couldn't imagine going to a meeting about wearing a fucking mask. Like you're going to go get your car and like, this is, this is what I'm fighting for. Did it's, you see Bill Burr on Joe Rogan? No. What did he say? He, you know, Joe was like, you really think we should be wearing masks outside? And Bill was like, I'm not getting into this with you. You're not a scientist. I'm not a scientist. Let's just listen to the scientists. <laughs> but I, I thought that was probably the best, you know, yeah. answer that I've seen. I think that the, uh, the mask thing is we're living in an era of um, pseudoscience theory. And the mask, there's a new theory in the I don't believe in science community, which right. is the mask creates um, oxygen deprivation. That, yeah, yeah. that, <laughs> that, that you're breathing in your own CO2 and that it's right. dangerous to wear masks. It kind of leaves out the idea that the health, literally the professionals in the field of health, I, doctors and nurses, wear them all day long at work. All day, every day, yeah. That's been 12 hard. hours a day. I don't think it was ever bumped. I think it's never needed to be debunked. It's, oh. it's bumped. Do you watch TikTok videos? Great question and uh, <laughs> a hard hit question. I've seen a few, Todd. I've seen the ones you sent me. They're really good. I know, man. This is mother. And by the way, feel free to send us any. I would love to see the good ones. Okay. I'll, but there's a lot of them. There's, a lot, there's some good ones, but then there's a lot of like guys in their car with their go cam or whatever like, I ain't wearing a mask, man. It's bullshit. <laughs> and it's just like... We should all just be wearing masks in public. Yeah. If you want to really get your thrills, if you're on an empty street by yourself, wear it around your neck like me. But it's going to be up. I've been doing a thing where I will, later at night, I sneak out of the house and I go to uh, like ladies' house, like windows. And, uh -huh. and then they turn and they see me. I pull my mask down real quick and then I run away. Oh, my God. Do you really do that? No, Todd. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little, a little bit, you know, from the bit factory. I knew, it was a, I knew it was a bit. Are you guys speaking of bits? Do you, either of you have road work coming up? No. No. What about you? I saw you were doing a, a – did you do the Zoom show yet? The, the crowd I did work? one. I'm doing an, I did one and I'm doing another one. How'd it work? It's pretty good. I mean, there's kind of hard. Laughter? You hear some laugh. Yeah, you can hear enough laughter to keep you going. It's it's you kind of just scroll through the gallery and you see like, oh, that guy's gonna that guy's a good target right there. But it's kind of pretty controlled, which is nice. So you'd say like that guy looks funny. Click on him and say who are yeah, you? Yeah, you know, there's like four people running the show, and it'll just be like, uh, let's go to that guy Jake, and then they'll go to Jake, and then that sounds oh, cool. Is, is that an audience member? Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of roast them? Yeah, that's what I've been doing, yeah. I, I, I uh, yeah. That well, sounds fun. As you know, a big part of my career has been kind of taking your ideas and reconstituting <laughs> them into my own. And so maybe I'll give that one a shot. I know. I mean, it's you like brought it up. Work. Yeah. You should do it, though, Moshe. It does sound fun. It sounds so easy. The thing I don't want to do, especially with my style of comedy, is um just be talking and then like not hearing any response and then you keep talking right do my act which i just think is like uniquely ill-suited to the zoom format like you have a lot of pauses between your jokes you know because you talk slow so it's like at least you know there's areas for people to laugh but my style is to like talk over laughs and i just yeah. feel uh, in an in a vacuum that will feel just 
so awkward. Well, I will say, Moshe, you, you think you're talking over laughs, but... <laughs> <laughs> but this is the kind of roasting you do. It... <laughs> that was good, man. I was well, excited. You know, you know where they laughed at my stuff a lot, Todd? Uh-oh, here comes a burn. Brazil. No, no. Oh, Do you have any... Do you want to... Do you miss doing stand-up? I do. Yeah. Moshe does. You don't, Natasha? Uh-oh. Do you really because I feel like part of you has decided you want to not Okay, if I'm like on stage in like a cool city with my family and I just wrote a great new joke that worked and then everyone applauds, of course I like that. So you like ideal circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> I mean very well paying. Short <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes over, ten thousand uh, dollars. No dress code. No having to talk to anyone after the show. That's and pretty, the, that's a pretty bad thing to only like ideal situations. I'll tell you what. Um, talking You've to earned people it. After the show is done. What's I, that? I think talking to people after the show is probably done forever. I know. How are we going to sell merch though? Right online. <laughs> guys, go to my website. You can meet. That's true. You can do a meet and greet. A virtual meet and greet. They do that. Um, they do that on the the Nowhere Comedy Club where I'm doing my thing at. But I said no via no meet and greet because I don't know. Oh, so you can do a meet and greet and sell your merch in the in the Zoom. Well, they, they do a thing where it's like if you have a digital download of something, you can be like, all right, for an extra ten dollars, you can meet me and then get an album or whatever. But I don't have any downloads, anything downloadable. My um, stuff's all in major gonna- networks. Can we watch this Zoom thing of yours? Yeah, I can. Um, don't tell the others, but I could guest list you. Ooh. I want to see what happens. I'll go. See if I would want right. to. We'll make it a date night. All right. Yeah, we'll come by. We'll put, put like Richard Nixon masks on and come see in your Zoom. You can roast them. There's no plus one, so only one of you can. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, isn't it crazy? I did your podcast. It seems like a while ago, and we were going through this then. It just does feel like there isn't a time before this a little bit. Oh my it? god! Do you worry about like reassimilating into society? Yes, big time. I worry about um, uh, about well, we we potted up with another family, you know. You what? We like potted with another family. It's like when two families who both have been quarantining for a long time. They have a kid, we have a kid, so we wanted to like fuse the family so that the kids could play and we could spend time together. Uh-huh. Have you heard of this? No, but don't well, you need to be tested before you have well, a family move in with you? They're not moving in. They were just all hanging out like activity-wise. The kids okay. are playing. Everybody's COVID negative, right? How do you know that? Well, Not I guess tested. I don't know that, but I've been quarantined <laughs> four and a half months, so it feels pretty unlikely that I've got a, a lingering um, um, antibodies. But it's possible, I guess. Maybe I'm. Maybe we're creating a super spreader effect. All right, tell me. I'll finish your thought. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get judgy. Go ahead. No. Well, you're not going to like this because when we caught <laughs> it up, we we just did this today, by the way. Right. Oh. This happened today. <laughs> they were like, "Well, I guess we're potted up," and they were like held their hands out and we hugged them and I was like, like, this doesn't feel right to be hugging a human being. 
Oh, you're saying that's bad because it doesn't feel, it feels wrong. I have become accustomed to avoiding and, uh, and, and physical contact to the point of anathema. And so hugging another person felt like, uh-uh. Right. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to look weird, like, when shows start up, it'd be like, ooh, should it feel dirt? Like, I I watch footage of concerts now, and it looks a little weird. You're like, I know. What are you guys doing? We saw, uh, we were watching that show, Unorthodox. And there's a oh, that's scene, good. It's great. There's a scene in there where, like, the kind of, the thug character, Moshe, is, like, spitting cherry seed yeah. on the ground. He's, like, being kind of like a pig, you know, and he's taking cherry and... and, and hawking this the pits into the street and i just was like ah oh, can you imagine seeing someone spitting cherry pits onto an, a raw street not that you would have liked it before but now it feels like a, a <laughs> are, are you planning on gonna are you, are you planning on doing stand-up soon todd i mean like i, I have i have like two things booked in august but one's in florida and it's just like right now there's a governor's mandate in florida where people from new york can't visit there without really? quarantine without quarantining for two weeks there. Oh, to make so, Florida even worse to travel to. <laughs> I mean, if I, I could make that fun, but I don't want to be committed to two weeks. And I also don't want to do a show. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do a show in, in front of 200 people. Plus yet. Florida's just been pegged this morning is the, is the new hotspot. Yeah, I don't trust their governor to uh, let me know that it's safe to do a show. So Also, I wouldn't worry about 200 people showing up. I don't think you'll sell that many tickets. I'd already seen My already dad lives in Florida, and he's like, you guys still quarantining over there? Like, he just thinks, like, like, they don't do anything there. Like, he was out to dinner, like, two weeks ago, you know? It's weird, man. Um, so how, long, how often do you do your podcast? Your po I want to do your podcast again. That was right. fun. I love giving advice to people. You do? <laughs> I do, yeah. Right, because you're more comedian, so if it's wrong, it's like, well, we're just comedians. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah, I don't guarantee anything. But, uh... <laughs> you, don't, you don't have a, the Barry guarantee? Uh, it's not like, hey, if you follow my advice, she's going to come back to you. <laughs> she's going to apologize for everything. Yeah, we do a podcast where we have people, as you know, call in and do, we do like live relationship counseling on the phone. And uh, did you do any secrets with us? Secrets? No. I don't no, think we'll, so. We'll have you do that next time. We also have a secrets hotline where our callers, people that don't want advice, they just want to get a secret off their chest, call and leave a, a oh. secret on the on our voicemail. So we got some very juicy stuff on there. A lot of revenge. Tons of revenge stuff. Lots of it. Would like you, stuff where, what do you mean? Where someone says, I did I, like, like try to get back at someone slowly who like, Someone who wronged them. There's a there's a lot of revenges on their ex or on their bosses or like wiping someone on the on something on the boss's car or sending your ex a box of horseshit like stuff like that. So people will just call up and confess to this. They'll be like, I sent my bosses some horseshit yesterday. Yeah, yeah. One exactly. woman like took some guy's phone number and sold it like all over. So they had to like, or no, she put a Craigslist ad in. Or something and like got, got the people like to people to harass the guy. Oh, for like a free thing that was fake. So uh, phone rang like all the time. So we had to change his number. I actually love that particular <laughs> one. I think that's a good one. But I was telling Moshe, I don't really have that. I don't really, I can't imagine purposefully doing something to hurt someone like that. I have a handful of things that I'm not going to talk about where I, re I fantasize about revenge. 
Oh, you won't tell us what those fantasies are? I'll tell you one of them. I'll tell you one of them. Just like regrets. I used to do this joke about women who I'd say, like, you can't smoke in my apartment. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Women Only women can smoke in my apartment. Men can't (laughs) smoke in my apartment. Something like that. Basically, it's about I let women do it. Anyway, and I... There was a time, this was in, this was at the Boston Comedy Club where you could, they were smoking in the front row. You right. know, this is a long time. And I, and I used to tell that joke and occasionally people, if I just said I'm against smoking, people would get very defensive and start, it's like they couldn't just listen to a joke about okay. anti-smoking even if they're a smoke. But this guy just, I said the joke and the guy just went, <sighs> blew it right in my face. And I was oh, like... I was to the point where I said, I'll give someone $20 to dump a drink in this guy's face. And then I just, I cool down. But I mean, I do sort of, part of me regrets not turn, dumping the table on him or something. Because <laughs> every, everyone saw him do it. So I think everyone would have been on my side. But. Or strike him as hard as you can with the base of the microphone. Stand. Yeah, I mean, there's that. Because yeah, it is kind of an assault, I think. Yeah. But if you strike him really hard, you could actually end it which would be kind of a fun revenge. Yeah, that would be, see, then I would be like, all right, I took that too far. I killed the guy. Yeah, well, your, your, your career would be in a different place. You <laughs> think of it, you know, if you were known as the guy that murdered someone on stage. So I wonder if anyone's done that. That'll, that should happen once, right? Don't you think? Someone's killed someone on stage? I've seen a lot of clips online of people beating up the comedian or the comedian beating up the people. There's a, there's a great <laughs> clip in a of a guy who warns the audience member many times don't come up here you'll regret it don't come up and then the guy comes up there and he does regret it it ends and then the guy keeps doing stand-up while he's punching this guy no he like beats him up i think he knocks him unconscious like he really (laughs) beats the shit out of him then he grabs the mic, leans back, and just tells the audience, yeah, I warned the guy, and keeps trying to do comedy. If you did that, Todd, that would be so dope. Yeah, you've seen, viral. You've seen the one where the guy with the guitar, right? Yes. That's like yes. the first viral clip I'd ever heard of, really. That was, that people used to pass that around on a VHS. Have you seen it, Natasha, where the no. guy, this guy is, he's playing a song, and, and I forgot, someone hackles something, and he's like, ooh, he says something. And then the guy clearly comes towards him. All you see is the perspective of the, you just see the guy with the guitar and he takes it. He goes, oh, you're going to come on stage now? Takes a guitar and it's framed like Martin Scorsese could have framed this more perfectly. than this. <laughs> the guitar goes out of frame. You hear a whack. The guitar comes back in frame and the entire back of the guitar is missing. The best part of that clip is that the crowd is really on the comedian's side until the moment he hits the guy with the guitar. Yeah. The whole crowd, yeah. hey, and then he starts defending himself, going, but he came at me. You saw what was happening. Right. Yeah, I was, I don't usually like violent clips, but that one I've watched hundreds of times, I think. I love a violent clip. Nothing I like better. Most really? people sleep each night to like crime dramas. Now I go to, but I also wake up every morning to WorldStarHipHop.com. That's one of my home pages. <laughs> That's a lot of fight, isn't that the site that always shows fight clips? Yeah, I can't. Mostly fighting and hip hop videos, and uh, you know, I got things I don't like. I don't like animal um, attacks. Like I don't like when a lion, <laughs> where a lion eats. Wait, a I didn't know this. I, I can't do a lion eating a gazelle. I don't like oh. bone breaking. Like you know, oh, the person lands on their leg and it snaps. I'm not into that. I so just, you can watch. 
you could watch two people fighting, but you don't want to see like a, a rat snake eat a rat or something. No, no, I don't need that. I just want a good old fashioned street fight. Uh, yeah, like people yelling to like, give me my stuff back. Yeah. And they just keep screaming. And the only ones I've liked are ones where someone's being bullied and they, and they get what's coming to them. Oh, I I nothing better. You want, you want a really good, a nice rabbit hole for the internet uh, to your listeners. <laughs> videos. Look up um, Thailand tourist fight. Because those are always, the tourists are always at fault. And they get the, it's just like drunk, like old British sex tourists getting the shit beat out of them by Thai locals. It's awesome. <laughs> Maybe order some Thai food and sit back and watch some of that. <laughs> it's really a good, it's a good night on the internet. Honey, I didn't even know this about you. What, that I like watching? That you had that very specific requirement that you didn't like bone breaking. I don't like bone breaking. He's always listening. His computer, there's always screaming happening. Tell you what else I don't like. I don't like a pimp, pimple popping thing. Are those videos, <laughs> I can't watch those. Do you see a lot of, wow, where do you, it's weird that you've seen enough of these where you know that you don't like that kind of, like you've watched more than one pimple popping video. Well, they're a popular subcategory on the internet. So popular it became a TV show, Dr. Pimple Popper. Is he lying to me, Natasha? Nope. No, it's so gross. It's true. It's a real show. It's a television it's like, show. It's like in like a third season. Really? Todd, you thought younger comedians, less established comedians getting TV shows was bothersome. Imagine <laughs> Dr. Pimple Popper. She's got a show and we don't. What's going on here? <laughs> but, that, you know, 10 years, where are they going to be, right? <laughs> yeah, how much longevity is there in the pimple popping industry? That would be funny. Like, like yeah, I can't, you got to... Make that strike while the iron's hot with that one. <clears throat> yeah, well, it's a popular subcategory. What do you What do you look what What kind of videos do you watch on the internet? What are your faves? Um, I like. Uh, what do I like? I like a uh, good cat video. Okay, I uh, know. Innocent. What about you? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know if I like anything negative. I like if a kid does something really cute. Uh-huh. Okay, guys. Well. <laughs> but hey, if you like Thai tourists getting their shit beat out, that's cool. <laughs> Natasha and I will watch a cat cut, cuddling with a baby, and you watched a, a guy getting jumped by seven people. I mean, listen, they, they, I find the bully videos heartwarming in a different way. You know, there's have justice you, in the world. Have you seen the Australian one, the body slam one? No, I don't know if I have. Oh, I'm, that's actually, as far it's violent, but it's one of the best, most beautiful things I've ever seen. In my life. Oh, is it the first one? It's the kids at the school. And the yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a true classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great one. Oh, you guys on that? I haven't seen it. You probably wouldn't like it. Okay. What about? Um, so you don't miss stand up. You miss it. I miss it. I I miss it more than I thought I would. I've been wanting a break for like five or ten years and then well, you got I, it yeah now that i have it i'm like <laughs> what's uh, what am i doing like I, I miss performing i like to i it gave my life a good kind of rhythm you know he, uh, obviously you're a new york guy so you, the rhythm was even more stark because i did i do a lot less sets than you i would imagine in, in, a, in a week but just the idea that like a few times a week i would drive over to the comedy store or drive to the improv and it gave my life like a nighttime rhythm that i really did. yeah the nights are rough, aren't they? Maybe not, because you, you have each other and a kid, and I got no one. But the, uh, you got a cat. Did you? Oh, yeah, I know. 
slam yourself. You can't shoot. I, no. I, I fucking did my own rip shot, man. I can do whatever I want, obviously. <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasting. Well, so so Todd, is, is there any, what, what is like, is there any sort of enriching thing that's happened <laughs> that, that has changed you for the better from having all this time home and, you know, staying in? I may have lost weight, weirdly. I was worried about gaining weight, but I walk so much more now. Or You do? I'm trying to do 10,000 steps a day, which is pretty good. And I've been, for the most part, doing it. And uh, I, I think I've lost weight, too. And I think Natasha has, too. I weigh Natasha every night before we go to bed, so I'm sure she has. But uh, I think it might be, because I've been eating more junk food than I ever have, I, so I'm wondering what, what it could be. I think it might be just stress. That's my best guess. That, that's why you're losing weight? I think I'm not seeing people blowing up. I'm seeing people getting smaller. Not everyone, but I just I certainly am not noticing like, oh, wow, everyone I see has gained weight. And I think we're all a little stressed out. And that really does create some of that. Like, I remember when I was in in Rome working on that, the Zoolander movie, and all I was eating was, uh, for like four months, was pasta every night. Like, if you go to Rome, that's all they have is Italian food. It's not even Italian (laughs) food, Roman food. It's It's just like so specific. You'd think that they would have gotten tired of it. Anyway. But everybody in the film crew was losing weight. And I was like, how is this even possible? And I think it was because everybody was like working and stressed and worried about stuff. something to that. So the stress diet, it's the pro-stress diet. I think so. I feel skinnier, a little skinnier. So that's it, Todd? You feel a little skinnier? I feel a little skinnier. I haven't had like... um, Are you watching movies? I'm watching tons of movies. That's good. It is, but then it, there's sometimes it feels like, like the other day I had to talk myself out of watching a movie because I felt like it was an assignment. It's like, you cannot watch a movie tonight if you want. But. Do you have any highlights of things you've seen, quarantine film standouts? Oh, man, I could, you know what, I have my list right here. I actually have a list. Oh, I want to hear it. Um, I won't tell you, like, the embarrassing ones, like the documentary about truck stop hookers, but. <laughs> tell us, like, things that were really good. Did you see Force Majeure? Yes, that's that, amazing. That was good, right? Very, very uh, good. I saw that. I, I keep waiting, looking for a movie that's as good as that. Force Majeure was cool because it's like a um, every man watching it, it's very much about what it means to be a man in some ways. And like no one can answer. I won't tell your listeners what the fundamental dilemma yeah. poses is, but it poses this fundamental dilemma about what would you do if blank happened and i feel like no one can answer it and that's what's so fun about that movie yeah and also i also love that it was this kind of a small story with this crazy big backdrop of yeah yeah of the mountains because i mean that story almost could have taken place in a coffee shop right it very much um totally also very much felt like uh influenced by kubrick like it felt like the shining a little bit I haven't seen The Shining in a while. Maybe because uh, like a cold mountain town. Or the way they directed, he directed it felt a lot like it was the, like he was very influenced by The Shining. All right. What else? Um, yeah, what else? Uh, Bad Education's good on HBO. Did you see that? Uh, is that the Hugh Jackman thing? Yeah, it's really good. Try to get Natasha. That is a perfect example of something I tried to get Natasha to watch that she refused to watch with me. It's really easy to watch. I'll watch it now that Todd says it's good. I know. Thank you. I know you will. I mean, thank you. Um, what else? Oh, I saw this movie called a uh, Korean movie, I think called Burning. 
Oh, Burning, we saw that. Very oh, good. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I, did you like, what did you think? I liked it. Um, I liked that it was, it was weird and like I'd never seen anything like that movie. I never seen anything like it either. It, and I liked it. I will say it's one of those movies where part of it is that it's boring on purpose. And I'm like, <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I, have a, I have a hard time with those kinds of movies. But I did like it in the end. Did you see The Lighthouse? Yes, I saw The Lighthouse. Did I see that? That's the Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson. Oh, God, yeah. I didn't like that as much as I wanted to like that. I didn't realize how supernaturally and weird it was. I thought it was going to be more like a straightforward. Yeah, I think it's it got... very like Bergman. It got indulgent in the third act, I would say. I would say the first two acts are like just watching two great actors go to work, and the, then all of a sudden they're fucking mermaids. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, I watched... Uh, Knives Out the other night. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I didn't know Ricky was in it. Ricky did a good job. Yeah. yeah. But uh, lots of TV. What have you, What about you? What do you got to recommend? I was hoping you had a great list. Oh, that was oh I do. Good. Yeah. Well, I do. Um, do you like documentaries? Yes. Um, oh, you know what's a good one is the Roy Cohn documentary. Oh, interesting. I'd watch that. We that watched Angels great. in America, and it was all about him. Yeah. We, yeah, was, the documentary's great. It's basically Trump's, like, idol who told him to, like, yeah, but he's got always this... make stuff up, pretend like you know what you're doing. Yeah, just be a bulldog, kind of, yeah. yeah. What did we uh, see? Oh, you got more? The Amanda Knox documentary's good. I never got around to watching that. But, uh, I saw that one, yes. I you saw, saw it? Yeah, the Amanda Knox one, yeah. That was good. That was good. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, well, did you see? If you want a good doc recommendation, did you see the Devil? Do you like a Do you like a, a Holocaust documentary? Who doesn't? What right. Jew doesn't? Uh, <laughs> the Devil Next Door is really. Oh, cool. that look, I, that's on my list, I believe. I really well. Don't you don't want to keep too many lists when it comes to Holocaust stuff? But yeah, <laughs> Devil Next Door, very very good. It's all about memory and and, and how you can know the truth. It's really good. What did else you did see? Jeffrey Epstein documentary. Did you see that? I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it yet. It just it's really good. good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I heard I should watch it because he had some really beautiful homes. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I would want. Yeah, I would want for you, Natasha. I'd wa Natasha. I'd watch it for the interior decorating. And you, <laughs> you got to see the Epstein documentary. You're gonna love the throw pillows. <laughs> and, and for you, the crimes. I yeah. think the crime. Um, <laughs> we saw recently. Uh, Oh, I saw recently um, Anatomy of a Murder. Have you ever seen that? No. Old school movie, uh, Jimmy Stewart. And uh. that was great. Really good. Also, we saw, uh, what was that, the Elliot Gould movie we saw? The Last, uh, or no. The Long Goodbye. The Long Goodbye. We, we just it was good. Oh, it was great. It was so weird and... And Moshe and I are on our own little thing. We only have three movies left where we've watched all the best picture winners for the Oscars from the very beginning. Right. When Natasha first really? got, when Natasha first got pregnant, we were like, why don't we watch every best picture winner ever? And we started when she was pregnant and we thought we'd be done by the time she gave birth and our child is <laughs> pushing three and we are and we're now on Argo. That's Did because you <laughs> I didn't want to watch like Forrest Gump for four months did you come up with the idea like the second she said i'm pregnant 
<laughs> I'm pregnant. Let's watch all the Academy Award movies. <laughs> it was did a you, good thing. We were did you hear me? I just said I'm pregnant. No, I did. Oh, now here's my idea. No, it was a, it was a, it was an <laughs> offering to try to take her out of the, uh, the the misery of being pregnant. We've seen some good ones along the way and some oh, very bad ones. Did you see this series called Girl Haji? Giri Haji? No, is it good? I thought about it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is good. It's about the what? It's about the yakuza, right? Yeah. The Japanese mafia. Um, I'll just do one other recommendation. Well, did you see Marcella? Do you, ever, do you watch British no. crime? It's a British no. crime doc. It's a little, it gets a little ridiculous, but it's kind of watchable. At the same. Oh, there's one called Dr. Foster also. All right, all right. Well, let's you, not. We don't. Tampopo? Uh, I may have seen that years ago. That's a 1980s weird Japanese food porn, like bizarre film from... Both the long goodbye and Tempopo, you watch it and you and you not only are you enjoying the movie, but you're enjoying the fact that they used to make movies like that and they never yeah. again. Wait, are, is Phase Two in New York? Are they going to open movie theaters? Nah, that's like I think that's Phase Four. Ah, uh, so this is I, I see. So we're still pretty far. I mean, by the time they open movie theaters, we're going to be kind of like with that. What phase is the cellar reopen? The cellar, I think that would be four. That, the cellar feels to me, I've never performed there to my great consternation, but the cellar feels to me like actually the worst environment for a COVID-19 situation. Why? Well, it's, it's, the whole nature of it is that it's like stacked and yeah. That's all comedy clubs. But the cellar, even more than any anything else, maybe the comedy works in Denver could be worse because it's not only intimate but it also is built up the better the club the worse it is for right. infectious disease that's right the less fun you'll have performing at a comedy club the more COVID safe they are <laughs> what do you guys uh what do you guys been cooking food wise yeah cooking food is actually a really good cook are I you i made a lot of things but Natasha has too she's made bread no she's made banana bread oh I love banana bread I made a Japanese curry. That was my probably my most. I love Japanese curry. Me too. My, that was probably my most ambitious dish. You should text him those little cubes. It was it was hard. No, but it wasn't from a cube. It was from scratch, and it was harder than I thought it would be. That was a, that was a difficult meal. Moshe's way of cooking because he is talented at it. Like I can read a recipe, but he has like actual talent. But he's really good at healthy California, flavorful. Like he wants to always. He's really good at making like this this the sauce for a stir fry or the dressing for a salad. Uh, Natasha, there's no one better at ordering on Uber Eats. <laughs> she goes right in the app. She selects what she wants. I like ordering Uber Eats because the food comes to you just not warm enough. <laughs> Where you like, it, it's too warm for me to reheat it, but it's going to bother me. You know, the last time I was in New York, we almost got dinner, but then I got sick, remember? Yeah. And oh, I remember. I, I, was I think he might have had COVID then. I don't know. I don't think It was so. January and it was the worst flu of his life. I wasn't In New York. Was, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was COVID. Okay. But anyway, maybe it was COVID. But anyway, I ordered Uber Eats and the first, because I wasn't feeling well, they brought me ramen the first night. The guy came up to my hotel room and uh, it was no problem. The next night I ordered it and the guy at the bottom of the, 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 the receptionist at the hotel was like, called my room and it's like, there's a guy from Uber Eats here, but we don't let them upstairs. And I was like, well, I'm really sick. Like, I don't want to come down there. I ordered it last night. 
And he was like, well, we don't let them upstairs. And then he's like, but I'll just bring it to you. Like very upset. And I was like, okay. So then he comes to the door and he hands me the food and I hand him a tip and he starts trying to lecture me on the policy of the hotel not allowing people upstairs and i'm like i'm sick and i'm also checking out in the morning like do you what do you want i didn't even say it i just was like thank you and i closed the door in his face that's a i was rude that's a tough one for me because i i do see their policy i mean like you could you kind of put him in the position where he had to go face you when you're sick. I didn't want anybody to face me. This is pre-COVID, though. It, it was pre-COVID. Why couldn't he leave? Did he? Why couldn't he leave it in front of your door and just he knock? He wanted to lecture me about it. Ah, uh, okay. Then I'm on your side, unfortunately. Thank you. Yeah, he just wanted to <laughs> knock and say, "Just so you know, this hotel has a policy." It's like, okay, next time I'm ill and can't make it to the receptionist, I won't order food. Wow. Um, Wait, so Todd, this isn't the podcast where we talk about um, airlines? Oh, we can talk about that. Yeah, I know. That's that's sort of... It makes sense to transition because we're not really... Oh, yeah. Don't worry about transitioning on this show, man. <laughs> There's, this is a fucking loose cannon of a podcast. It's been pretty wild so far, Todd. I'll be honest. This has been a really freewheeling interview. Isn't it weird how long it's been since we've stayed at hotels? Right. What's the last hotel we stayed at? Oh, well, we went to... Um, Natasha got us an Airbnb last week up in a ranch in Ojai, and we stayed at a yurt in, in Ojai. Oh, uh, I have a yurt story, but go ahead. No, please. I'm sure yours is better. What do you got? I did a festival where they had yurts. They had a luxury hotel and yurts, and I went into the yurt, and there were just full-on mousetraps in the yurt. <laughs> Not even like, oh, there's, they tried to hide one. They just like, they put them out there, and I was like, I will not be able to sleep in this place. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that, that was the problem because, like, they said to keep zipping it up because snakes get in and field mice get in. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, Hilton Garden Inn, no snakes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, also no lakes. This yurt had a lake, literally a 20-foot a, a, a walk from the yurt was there, uh, your own private lake. But let me tell you this, Todd, it had algae in it, and my daughter jumped in it, and then she immediately said, that's disgusting, where's the sauna? Really? Oh, that's your daughter, man. That is, sure Natasha's, is. That is, that is Natasha's daughter. I cried on the dock, and I said, I've lost her. Well, we have a sauna, but it, Moshe got it on Craigslist. It was only like a couple hundred bucks, but still she thinks that, like, Everyone has a sauna. After you jump in a body of water, you immediately <laughs> go into the sauna. So you bought a used sauna? But yeah. it hadn't been used that much, so we cleaned it. And do you think that's gross? Oh, do you think that's gross? I just know Natasha would have bought a new one. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have even occurred to her to go on Craigslist. Think about first. it. You go to public saunas where there's like anyone's been in it. So if there's only been one person lightly using this and you clean it, yeah, I mean, you may have gotten a good deal. Slightly cleaner. It is a little weird that carved into the headboard of the sauna, it says fuck sauna. <laughs> fuck just, sauna? Yeah, the Johnson's fuck sauna. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how, how clean it was. But yeah, I got her a sauna. It was it was, uh, it was a good day in our marriage. But now our, our daughter is... Um... A spoiled brat. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think to, I think buying it from Craigslist keeps her a little more grounded. 
buying her a used filthy item. No, she'll say that when she when she joins the DSA when she turns thirteen. She's a democratic socialist. She'll say, "Yeah, my parents had a sauna, but it was a used sauna, so I'm still with the movement." <laughs> Do you think Trump's going to win? I, if I had to JoJo twenty twenty. If I had to make a bet, if I was forced to bet on a candidate, I would bet on Joe Biden winning. But if yeah. I was the odds maker, I would make it. 60-40. I don't think it's a slam dunk by any means. Here's what we got going for it for us. Trump seems like he's getting Alzheimer's. Oh yeah, as opposed to Joe Biden, who's like <laughs> a crackerjack cracker of potent thought. But at least he's gonna get a vice president that we might like. So when he when he, you know, drops dead, we can have sure. the, the woman come in. I mean, like, how bad is the state of American politics that both of the people we have to vote for for president? We're like, well, they're in cognitive decline. But which <laughs> cognitive decline person do we like less? Um, are you going to go to the rally in, in Tulsa? The Trump's rally? Yeah. You better believe it. Hell yeah. Not even because I like Trump or hate Trump. I just really want to experience what COVID feels like. <laughs> it's so crazy that they're doing that, man. Oh, wait, they're having a rally and they're not going to wear masks? Well, probably. what's funny, somebody They don't have to wear masks. Somebody posted a funny meme about that, which is like the idea that you would both sign a waiver that absolves the indemnifies the can the campaign if you catch COVID at the rally, but then also not wear a mask like the as a show of political defiance. But the political group that you're going to support is going like, well, if you do catch it, like we really don't want right. to do it. They think it's a bigger threat than you do. It's crazy. Now, let's talk about cooking again. Oh, so Moshe, we've been making, uh, I made meatloaf the other night. Ooh. You like a meatloaf? I I haven't had meatloaf in forever, but I like a simple, nice meatloaf here. I, I love a meatloaf. Nothing says delicious more than the word loaf. <laughs> Aren't you a veg, semi-quasi-vegetarian also? At this point, I would say the answer is just a flat no. <laughs> oh, that's pretty bold of you. Well, I, I, for a long time, I like danced around, like I would eat kosher meat. So I would eat red meat. I, this is still true. I eat red meat probably once a year. I eat, I eat chicken, you know, pretty, and turkey pretty regularly. And then I eat fish. So the answer is just no. But I try to eat healthy. That's what I do. All right. Well, what else have we made? You've made a lot of good stuff. We've made brownies. We've made cookies. We've just Brownies? <laughs> What? I mean, I made some potatoes yesterday. You made potatoes? Yeah, I made some oven fried <laughs> potatoes. How was it? Why they were good. I was I was pretty good because I was I saw a few recipes and there's different like you sitting there you're like oh my god this guy's saying three fifty degrees this one's saying four twenty five and they're both very confident. Here's my <laughs> here's my advice about cooking for people that are. Uh, not sure that they're good cooks. You decide what you want to cook, then you look or what rest or what ingredients you want to use. And then you go to the internet and you Google, let's say you have chicken, black beans, and coconut milk. You Google chicken, black bean, coconut milk recipe. You find the most corporate famous person on the internet. So Martha Stewart, good. Rachel Ray, good. Betty Crocker, good. And you just do the recipe, and it will probably be pretty good. 
Yeah, I sort of did an amalgam of all the recipes I'd read for potato because it's like, what's going to happen? Like, are they going to blow up if I don't make them? I mean, it's still just cooking. They were good. Sliced them, put a little olive oil on them, put some spices. And then I, uh, one trick I learned from those recipes, like I started them at 350, then I raised it to like 425. They were good though. See, that's what I think is one of the cool things about quarantine is that we have all like probably increased our cooking skills a little bit. And it's kind of of a relief to know, because now we have stocked refrigerators too. So when you come home, you can like make yourself something. You're not always like, you know, surrendering to like a restaurant or a delivery person bringing you food. It's it's, more human. The cleanup is, I can't take it. It's It's like you'd make one, one fucking dinner for one person. You got dishes everywhere. Yeah, it's like, you know, the old, um, was it Rob Lowe or was it uh, Charlie Sheen? Somebody famously said, um, who got in trouble for soliciting prostitutes and then went on to The Tonight Show. And uh, uh, Jay Leno was like, why would you pay someone to have sex with you? You're one of the most famous movie star actors in the world. And the famous line was, oh, I don't pay them to have sex with me. I pay them to leave. Right. So that's, really <laughs> wow. that's very similar to what we're doing with restaurants to go. Why would you pay a restaurant to just to eat food you can cook yourself? Go, oh, I don't pay them for the food. <laughs> I pay them to clean up after me. Or because okay. I don't have to do it. I can't wait to go to a restaurant. My God. Well, the restaurant down the street from our house is packed every night. Open and happening. Jumping. Oh, it's open. It's full open, like fully open. No masks. No masks. I thought you have to in California now. Well, Not that was today. No, today oh. they said you have but to. But how in do California. you how do you wear a mask when you're eating at a restaurant? I don't know the answer to that. So they're not like spaced out tables or nope. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, everybody basically. Well, the tables might have already been the right space. I don't think so. Basically, what happened was they threw out really harsh quarantine laws. Uh, and w- like they had a really clear idea of what hardcore quarantine would be. And then their de-quarantining process was, it feels to me, much more chaotic and laissez-faire than the ins- installation of quarantine laws. Like, especially in LA and California, Garcetti feels like he's just like playing jazz. He's like, <laughs> well, let's just, let's close it down. But, uh, you know, mask, wear a mask to the bathroom and, Hors d'oeuvres, you put the mask in, you put the hors d'oeuvre in the mask, but once the main dish gets there, no masks, baby. It's just like an <laughs> idiot. I don't like the governments where they're like, we strongly encourage mask use, but we're not going to, it's a little too far for us to make you wear a mask. Isn't that, it's not too far. Right. Just fucking do it. Right. I mean, for, for the greater good. I mean, that's real, pretty much what we all have to just realize is we're doing it for the greater good. And what somebody was saying today was like, Okay, so you hate the idea, the authoritarian nature of wearing a mask, right? And But it's like, if people started wearing the masks, then the other parts of the quarantine maybe uh, could could lessen. The economy could start back up. People could go back to work maybe. If we all, if we all agreed on something, then we could start to get the gears and mechanisms of the economy rolling again. Yeah, I heard an interview with a Nashville nightclub owner, and he was saying, I'd rather wait than open and then have to close again. Right. And then open after that. Right. Well, the whole thing was in this, I read the the really intense article from the uh, UK, like 
health service at the beginning of all this was like, what do we do? What is quarantining for? And it was all about this concept called the hammer and the dance. You know, have you heard about this? Uh, no. So basically, how much more? Lo- how, how much longer do you have with this podcast? <laughs> I have time. Back to swapping recipes, if you no, want. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. So basically, the quarantine is in two phases. The first phase is the phase that we've all just lived through, which is the hammer, and it's a hardcore slam on the brakes of all of society, where everybody, unfortunately, America didn't do this with uniformity, which would have really helped. Everybody retreats into their house, the hammer comes down, the virus doesn't have as much uh, place to go. And then once you get a control on the, on the people that are sick and you get the, the hospital system all good, which is kind of what happened with varying degrees because some places just never did it, then you begin what's called the dance, which is where you open up society for a while and you're gonna get flare-ups. And then once the flare-ups get to a certain point, you put, the, you put a lighter hammer down. And then you dance back out. It's really depressing. Oh, it's That's depressing. really depressing. But it's, it, it uh, you know, viruses don't care about whether or not that's cool. They're just like, they're there yeah. to eat. They're hungry. And they're yeah. just, they're ready. And so then you do that dance. And, and, and the thing that you buy, obviously, is you, you decrease the pressure on the hospital system. You also buy yourself time so that eventually treatment or a vaccine or something Hopefully, in the future, we can actually fully read or herd immunity, I guess, eventually, eventually. Oh, man. Sorry, Todd. People don't come here to learn, Moshe. Oh, sorry. No, Joe. You should tell them your coconut um, rice recipe with the the black beans. You can put a can of coconut milk. That's a nice, simple recipe. Yeah, a, a can of coconut milk. I added a little curry powder few bay leaves, some garlic, fry up the garlic and onions. Uh, you, uh, you boil, basically just boil rice uh, in coconut milk with a little bit of like chicken stock or water. And if you have a rice cooker, can you put that in no, the rice cooker? No, you, okay. you want to cook the rice in, in, the, in the coconut milk. Then you add a can of black beans, stir that up, add a protein. You can, you can, you can. Um, but beans are proteins. You yeah, don't yeah. A, you can add a meat though if you want. We added like soy sausages. And it's uh, real good. Look up a recipe. I was going to say, are, the, are these recipes on the Todd Barry podcast website? Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> but I like the idea about doing an amalgam of the different recipes you've found. I think that's really smart. That's actually phase two of learning how to cook. Because I feel like, because I'm pretty, I can be pretty uh, OCD about stuff, but that's like, it's a little more relaxing to just shake some garlic powder on there as opposed to like, they said half a teaspoon. Well, that's what they say. They say cooking, they say cooking is an art. Baking is a science. Yeah, I heard that yesterday, actually. Well, I'm here to tell it to you again. <laughs> oh, our kids up? Um, we have to go hang out with our child. All right. This was good, right? We did it all, nearly an hour. Beautiful. Anything you want to promote? Your, your podcast? We got Long. our podcast. Our podcast is called the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. And uh, please give us a call if you want, and we can maybe help you with your relationship advice. And I'll just say, if you like, if you like crowd work, um, I would say probably the best distillation (laughs) experience, uh, stand up comedy wise is an album called crowd surfing volume two. It's a unique take, a very unique take (laughs) on the comedy album. Wow. That sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for being here guys. And, uh, 
I hope we'll we can do our eat. podcast again maybe soon. We'll, we'll I'd love to. Yeah, no, that's really fun. I'll be back on soon. And someday we'll eat at a restaurant together again. Soon. All right. Thanks. Okay, bye, Todd. Bye. See you. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show. Check out Moshe and Natasha's podcast. If you want other podcasts that are brought to you by Starburns, who bring you this podcast, go to starburns.audio. Thanks to Jason Smith, Christy Coffey, and Jessica Gutierrez, who engineers this whole thing, mixes it, and trims it, and you know what I'm saying. And Todd Berry podcast t-shirts, go to toddberry.com slash shirts. All right, we'll see you later. Thank you. Bye. Starburns Audio, a podcast network.